if I keep finding these beats, I don't think we'll ever get properly started. Greetings, everybody. I'm your host, Gabriel N. Elizondo, here on Narratives. This is a prose episode. Simple, straightforward thoughts, nothing crazy. You know, in another time, feels like a different life. I, like so many people out there, worked in retail. Was it glamorous? At times, but not really. However, it did afford me plenty of opportunity to meet some of the most amazing souls on this planet. I promise you that. This episode is about one of those delicate souls whose world ended on a July morning in the dressing room, nestled in a desolate fashion outlet mall just outside of Houston, Texas. Enjoy. It was about 10 years ago I found one of my co-workers crying in the dressing room at the store we worked at. She was having an absolute breakdown in the fitting room closest to the hallway where we had our shipments delivered and was crying so loud our UPS guy could hear her. I walked around the corner to see the black curtain secured to the opposite side of the booth with two black pumps slumped on the ground. After a short conversation, I managed to derive that she was having an existential crisis an absolute breakdown. She said her entire life had been falling apart for the last six years. That morning, she woke up, everything seemed remotely normal on the drive to work, and when she clocked in, she felt a deep sorrow overtake her heart. She panicked at the feeling, then ran to the dressing room and watched herself lose it in the studio-lit vanity mirror. She declared life was against her. Nothing good was happening, and for every effort she put towards making life what she wanted it, the world replied with twice as many failures. It's a feeling we've all had at one point or another. That overwhelming sense of not only being lost in life, but the world itself is against us. The strange evidence seen in roadblock after roadblock on our self-determined path to happiness. Eventually it all adds up, and the sheer will to continue forward is snuffed out with tears and a breakdown in a dressing room. On a Monday, nonetheless. As I offered my condolences to her dying dreams, I began to realize a few things of my own. It appeared that what she was experiencing as failure after failure wasn't the result of some malicious force preventing her from joy, but only the everyday dilemmas that happen to anyone who wants to accomplish something beyond the norm. She protested my point and said life was so good a few months ago and now it had fallen apart all over again in the span of days. Yet truthfully, it hadn't. It just felt that way to her. And because her perception of life had shifted, so did life itself. Rarely do we give our emotions enough credit for the power they have on our reality. She had felt a great loss, a perpetual sense of doubt, she had felt the world was over, and so, on a rather mundane Monday morning in July, her world had indeed come to an end. The ability to acknowledge this particular habit is something easier said than done. It sounds simple. Adjust your emotions and the world will follow. But that's not true at all, is it? Negative things happen. Dreams fall apart. Breakdowns ensue. 
and the following day may be even worse. We shouldn't discredit our emotions, deny them, or ignore them. In reality, we should embrace our emotions, explore them, let them play out, and then, most importantly, let them go. Because emotions, as it is with all things in life, are temporary at best. The joys, the winds, the love, the romance, the happiness, all come and go. Along with loss, failure, and even death, my lovely co-worker had attached herself to the emotions of failure and refused to let them go. She refused to see the joys in life around her because she was horrified of losing them. A strange dilemma. Deny happiness exists because the moment you acknowledge it, you begin to see it slip away through your fingers. She found more solace in seeing failure on the horizon because she had grown used to knowing it, and thus it was safe. Again, sounds strange, but we've all done this before. We've expected the worst on account of fearing the best because if everything works out, then what? It's only down from the top. And that fear, that dread of success begins to skew our perspective. It works its way into our minds, our views, our discourse. It begins to manifest our take on the world and our own life. Suddenly, without knowing why, you can't find happiness anymore and you feel you have no control over your own life. After coercing her out of the dressing room and into the stock room, we were able to have a coherent conversation. She went through a few breathing exercises and sat on the steel stool that faced our manager laptop. I began to review her story, how she told me, and we found a lot of unifying themes in her language. Phrases like, I knew it wouldn't happen right. I knew it wasn't going to work out. I don't know what went wrong, and I don't know how to fix this. The language indicated her perspective was anticipating a result, and she only saw the results she was anticipating. Hardships happen. Sometimes plans fail. Life can suck, but nothing will change if we don't allow ourselves to shift perspective. It can be daunting, terrifying even to let go of the familiar negative space that we found ourselves inhabiting, but there is no choice. Eventually, you'll have to find the wisdom and failure to see the success waiting for you in the future. It doesn't mean life won't suck anymore. Trust me, it will. What it does mean is when life begins to fall apart, you'll be able to note when it broke. Find the pieces after the dust has settled and know how to put them back together in a new combination that's even stronger than it was in the first place. It's merely a learning curve discovered in the midst of all life. Yes, you will experience a shit ton of hardship. Take notes. Appreciate your scars. And when you refuse to give in to the habitual negative perspectives, you'll be able to push forward and see the good things among the rubble. Man, it's just that simple. Existential Crisis in July was written and performed by Gabriel N. Elizondo. Intro music, Giant Emoji by Gregory David. Thank you, Gregory. Narratives with Gabriel N. Elizondo is a Crown and Coil production. 
All written content and performances are exclusive properties of Crown & Coil Productions. For additional content, a full list of featured songs in this episode, and to connect, please visit www.gabrielnelisondo.com or click the link in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review. It really does help. And thank you for being part of our story. <laughs>